Live again. Live again. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14 is where we're going to be at this morning. And I'm sure you've heard this preached before, um, but I feel that the time is now to share this with our church. Live again. And as you look at the context of the scripture, it's speaking of the restoration of Israel, but as we, as we read this, we know this goes far beyond merely bringing Israel out of exile. What we read about here in Ezekiel 37 is a powerful spiritual awakening. A powerful spiritual awakening. And this vision is so powerful and impactful, and I believe this message that God's laid on my heart is for Orchardville Church this morning. Amen. <laughs> In this passage, we find people of, the people of Israel in three conditions. Think about our church. They were spiritually dead. They were divided and they were disillusioned. And this parallels to what our culture and our nation is in this time right now also. That we are spiritually dead as a nation, as a culture, that we are, we are disillusioned, that we are divided right now. And this even parallels to what we're dealing with in our church and not necessarily just our church, but churches in general as a whole that we, I'm afraid, are spiritually dead. And that's hard to say. That's hard to feel. That's hard to understand. But I'm going somewhere this morning with this. Our world is a mess right now, and, it, and it's crept into our churches as well. And can I also tell you this? It, it's, it's bad in our world right now, but it's not as bad as what the media leads us to believe. They're going to spin everything how they want to spin it to get their ratings, and that's the honest truth. So I know it's bad in America right now, but it's, it's probably not as bad as what they're leading us to believe. They show us what they want to show us. And again, don't get me wrong, I know things are bad right now, and the enemy's doing everything that he can to divide us as a nation, as communities, and as churches. You know why he's doing this? It's because when he knows when we come together in unity, that he cannot stand against us. When we come together as a body of believers, and we are unified, and we're together, there's nothing that is going to stop us as a church. There's nothing going to stop us as individuals, and the devil can't do anything about it. I want to encourage you guys to know this morning, you know, and the sad thing is it happens in churches, it's not this side versus that side. That's not what this is about. We are all part of the same team. And Jesus Christ is the common denominator in that. He died for all of us, and we stand on that together. Then we put our differences aside and things that, you know, I'm, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm this, I'm that. We are Jesus followers, and that's what unites us, and that's what we need to have to bring us together. That's it. We're stronger like that together. So God's taken this prophet Ezekiel into this vision and into this culture of being spiritually dead. And, and we're going to break down some of these scriptures this morning. I hope I can get through some of them. But verse 1 says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. So right here in verse 1, we can see a great need of our day and for the times we are living in now. The Lord took hold of me shows me that this man was called by God. And there's too many preachers, teachers, leaders that are not called by God. They're just up here to talk. 
And, you know, pastoring, teaching, leading is, George hit on this a couple weeks ago, it's not a job, it's a calling. And in this scripture here, he is called by God. He says, the Lord took hold of me. You know, we don't need people to stand on our platforms and in our classrooms just to be talking because they're good speakers. We need people with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on their life because that makes the difference when you bring forth what God wants to speak to his people. We, have, we need preachers and teachers and leaders that, that have no other choice but to preach. I, was, I met with a, a fellow pastor, um, a friend of mine, and he said, you know, I've talked to him about, I said, do you ever feel like you want to quit? And he said, about every month. And he said, but there's never a day where I feel that I can't preach. God has called me to preach, and I'm going to preach his word. He said, I've never felt that. I've never wanted to stop doing that. He said, there's things that'll frustrate you in ministry. There's things that you'll go through, but I never cannot preach because he's called to do that. And we need his word to, to come out like fire shut up in our bones. And I've, I've prayed for that for so long for God, just, God, would you just put this in me so it's a fire that comes out of me? I want that passion for your word. I want it to come out where people can understand it and it penetrates their hearts. Holy Spirit, help me do that. This verse also shows me that when he said the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit, that he was being led by the Holy Spirit. Again, there must be that anointing of the Holy Spirit on the words we speak or else it's not going to accomplish what God has set forth for it to accomplish. We have to be led by the Spirit, by his Holy Spirit. Again, I can be the best speaker, the best orator. I'm not. <laughs> My youth group will tell you that. But if there's anointing on it, it gets into hearts. It don't matter how well I, I speak it. It don't matter how well I talk it. It's about the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it that makes the difference. I want to accomplish the work that God has and that he set before me. And, you know, our, and God's Spirit, that Holy Spirit's got to be giving our preachers these words um, to accomplish what's been set before them. I'm not, uh, I haven't preached a ton, I guess, out here, over, if you think about it, over five and a half years, but when I do, um, I'm not always about feel-good sermons. <laughs> um, I'm not about tickling your ears. I'm not about sugarcoating sin. And I think, you know, I'm not casting judgment, on, I'm, but I'm thinking some people are worried about keeping people rather than speaking the truth of the word. Rather than offending people, we'll just deliver things in a different context so we don't have people get mad at us. This may sound mean too, but I don't care if you like me as long as I'm bringing God's word how he lays it on my heart and I'm staying true to what the Holy Spirit tells me to. I care a little bit that you like me, but I'm not going sac to sacrifice you really caring about me and liking me over what God wants the church to hear. And, I, and you can't be afraid to speak that. You can't be afraid to preach that. And you just let the Holy Spirit do the work on that. Amen? What also sticks out to me in this first verse is that the Lord set him down right in the middle of a valley filled with dry bones. He set him down in and amongst dead things. And sometimes I think we get a little too comfortable in our church. This is, this is my safe place. This is the place that's supposed to encourage me. It's full of life. And we don't like when God sets us down in the midst of something difficult. 
You know, our flesh says, I can't do this. I don't, see a, I don't see a way out of this situation, out of this problem. But that very spot is where God has you. And he may want to show you, let me speak some life into this. Let me show you how you can live right in the middle of this difficulty or this struggle you're in right now. And all too often we get so, so hurt and so confused when they're in the middle of those things that we don't understand that God can still breathe life into it. We give up. That's not what he's wanting us to do. You know, sometimes God's gonna bring you into a situation that you feel completely dead and, and, and pointless and helpless in. But again, that can be the perfect opportunity for him to show up and show you this. This is where I have you. Watch what I can do right here. And all too often, I think we give up so quickly in the middle of those things. And we start questioning, why did you put me in this place, God? Why, what good could possibly come out of this place? What good could come out of this situation? And if we'll just hold on right in the midst of that, he shows us and he says, I'll show you what good's gonna come out of this. And you've all had those experiences where God's put you in a place, you understand where you're at, it's difficult, but then he also shows up in the middle of it. And then you have a testimony to share with other people about the goodness of God. Verse two, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. God's showing this prophet just how dead and how bad the situation was. And again, you don't have to be out in the world for very long to figure out that we're living in terrible times, struggling times. Um, this world has gone crazy and things are messed up and it's everywhere. And he's showing them that these bones are everywhere. And this lifelessness is also in our world today. There's people walking around that have no hope that'll just go on every whim to do this and do that, and it's just pure evil that's rising up. In our churches today, some of us need to get our heads out of the sand and realize we're not winning souls to Jesus. Why are we content with 270? Well, when you're talking about numbers, that's because, you know, I've heard this since I've been here, people matter. If we're not seeing souls coming to the, to the altar and kneeling down and accepting Jesus, something's wrong. We're comfortable in here but we're not so comfortable out there. It's the same God in here as he is out there. Why aren't we walking in that power? Each of us individually have to do something about this. I'm guilty just like you guys. I need to do more for the, for the Lord. I need to let him use me more and not be so scared and timid to share the love of Christ. People need it. They want it. They may not realize it yet, but that's what they're looking for in everything else that they're doing. These bones were completely dried out. Some of our churches are completely dried out and there isn't any life to be found. There isn't any excitement about coming into the house of the Lord. Sometimes we're the walking dead in this place. Guilty. I just walk in sometimes like, man, that was a weekend. Not in a bad way. But we walk in here just like zombies sometimes and there's no life, there's no passion, there's no love, there's no joy about what God is doing in our lives, what he wants to do in our lives. We need to see that dryness for what it is and then we can realize we don't want to keep living this way. We don't want to keep doing church this way. Our church, no surprise, has been through some stuff. You know, I've, I was... Before I came to Orchardville, I was in a church that went through a lot of stuff. I mean, I won't even tell you guys, it was a lot of stuff. 
and it hurt. Um, caused problems. It happens in our churches too. And some people like to say that Orchardville Church just isn't ever going to be the same. Amen. I've heard it as a youth pastor here. I, you know, used to be the church alive is worth a drive, and there's people murmuring out there that just the church isn't alive anymore. It's going to go under. Just telling you what I hear. I don't like it. And there's all kinds of naysayers out there. And I've got, I've got a word for all you naysayers out there, but I'm going to save it for just in a little bit <laughs> about what God's going to do in this place. If we'll all come together in unity, there's no telling what he's going to do in this place. Verse 3, then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. So God isn't asking him this because he's, he's looking for the right answer. How many of you guys know that God already knows the answer when he asks you something? <laughs> he already knows. Um, Ezekiel's pretty much like, I, I don't know. But he knows that God is all-powerful and mighty and can redeem. He knows that nothing's too difficult for God. Do we understand this ourselves, that nothing is too difficult for God? If God is going to breathe life the life of his Holy Spirit back into this church, it's not going to be anything we do in ourselves. It's not because we get a new drum set. It's not because we get a new singer on the stage. It's not because we get a new pastor in place. The reason things are going to turn around and start being on fire again is because God breathes his Holy Spirit into the building and he does the work. We are the willing vessels he pours into and he does the work. It's nothing we're doing. It's when we're locked in on him and let him use us that he does the work. And he multiplies it. Be the mighty breath of God that breathes into us as a body and resuscitates the dead things back to life. I know you guys feel it at times in here. Oh, come on. There's something that's about to break, but it just never breaks. And we're like, God, just revive us again. I wasn't here in the, in the heyday of Orchardville Church when it was just booming, out the seam, busting out the seams. I wasn't here. I've heard about it. God's not done. God's not done. He's about bringing dead things back to life. Verse four and five, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Verse five, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. Prophesy to these bones. He's saying, I want you to come into agreement with what I've already said. Dry bones signify the spiritual dead condition of the people. He's speaking to a group of people that, that have been divided and discouraged. Hello, Our church may seem like a dry, a heap of dry bones to some of us in here and to the world out there because of all we've been through. We may be in a state where we might be a little bit of spiritually disconnection going on. Things are, are not perfect. But he can restore Orchardville Church. He can restore any church to where he wants it to be. When we speak the words, live again. 
Live again. Let me breathe my Holy Spirit back in here. Live again. The hope and prayer of any church should be that God would put his spirit back into it. And believe this this morning, God is calling us back to himself. You know, as I, as I, was, I was reading and praying and studying and, and, and going about this message, I felt all the time, live again, live again. I'm going to breathe my life back into this church. Live again, live again. It's coming. And I just... I just prayed, you know, Holy Spirit, breathe on us again. Help us to live again. Help us to seek after you. Help us to hunger after you. Help us to put the distractions aside. Help us to put all the differences aside and just breathe your Holy Spirit back into your church. We need you. Whose report will you believe? That's an old song that I grew up with. I shall believe the report of the Lord and his report is victory. Victory. We don't have to believe what other people say. We don't have to believe that stuff. We believe the report of the Lord. Verses 6 through 14, I'll go through these kind of quick. 6, I'll put my flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Man, this reminds me of people when, when they come to Jesus for the very first time. They just kneel down and, and, and they're so hurt. They're so confused by how their life has gone. They're so broken. And then you see them transform from that brokenness, that hurt, that lost feeling. And they accept Christ in their life and they're a new creation and they're living a whole different life and with a different perspective. Because God changed them. He breathed new life into them. He changes us. Verse seven, so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body coming together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Some of you are like, what was, what was that? They were deer antlers, okay? But it represented bones coming together, things coming together. As I reached out to my brothers yesterday, I said, hey, I'm, I don't have any deer antlers in my house, but I knew some of these guys did, and I wanted to hear the sound or a sound close to bones coming together, life coming back into the church. There was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Think about what's happening here. And this reminds me, you know, as I read this, that when God's moving, you're always going to hear it before you see it. You're always going to hear it before you see it. When things start happening... In the church, when we lay hands on people and we see people healed, when people flood to the altars for salvation because they want God in their life and they realize they're broken and need fixed, when those things start happening in the church and we see God moving, people are going to tell other people. You're going to hear about it from you in this church. People are going to hear about it from us. And as they hear about it, they want to come see it. 
You're always going to hear about it before you see it. God doing things, God moving, this word of mouth, this excitement. As we leave the church, my goodness, you, got, you should have seen what God did today. You got to come out to the church. And I ain't talking about stealing people from other churches. There's enough of that going on already. That's not how you grow the church. That's not what he had in mind when he says, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. He wasn't talking about go out to this church and this church and bring some more over. There are lost people still roaming around the world that don't have a church. And they need this life-giving Holy Spirit power inside of them. They need to understand who God is. can't wait till the day when people are walking around in the different towns that we come from and saying, I, I can't wait till you see what's going on at my church. You just got to see it to believe it. Just come with me. Just come with me to see what God's doing. You know, there are 206 bones in the human body. Can you imagine, as Ezekiel's in this vision, these bones flying around and coming together every different direction? What that had to be like as he sees this vision. Did you know that over half the bones in the body are found in our hands and feet? The enemy tries to divide us, but God wants to bring us back together. So why don't we use our bodies, our bones, to bring about change in our church, in our communities, in our world? The Bible says in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Why don't we use our hands and feet where most of our bones are to connect our bodies together? What does that look like? To use our hands and feet, it means to go. And if I grab her by the bones of my hand, and I grab a hand here, and we just start walking together, and you grab another hand, and you grab another hand, and we unite together, that's what it looks like. I grab your hand, you grab mine, and we walk, and we just share the love of God, and we're in unity together, and we just see God do things because we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to bring glory to his name. We get to participate with God in this great thing that he wants to do in our church and in our communities and our world. We get, to, to inter, we get to connect with him and do work that glorifies him and, and, and we're connected to him, to the heavenly father, the, the God who created the universe. I think whenever God sees his, his children work, working right together, working in unity, walking in unity, he just says, bless them, bless them, bless them. I'm going to pour it out on them, bless them. Look at them. Look at them working together. Look at them grabbing hold of hands and walking together through their communities. Look at them bringing people into the house of the Lord so I can change their heart through my Holy Spirit. Bless them. Bless what they're doing. Verse 8, then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones and skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. We've got the bodies and we're formed here. What are we missing? Spiritually, a man may assume a spiritual life and yet not have one. We can assume a spiritual life and still not have one. We can wear the label and still not have that spirit of love and, and joy and kindness coming out of us. 
I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying we can, we can do that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. Gathered from the four quarters of the earth where Israel had been scattered, our, our church has been scattered some, but we just need to say, inspire us again, Holy Spirit. Inspire us again, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. Do what you want to do. He can do things that we can't even imagine. He can change hearts that we think can't be changed. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. A great army. The Holy Spirit came and gave life to these dried up bones. That's what was missing. In church, it's time to stand up and become an army that God intended us to be. My goodness, maybe I'm preaching too hard this morning. It's time for us to stand up and be who God has called us to be. We've, Satan has pushed us back long enough. You can stand to your feet. We've been pushed back. We've been told to shut up, stay in our lane, and do all this stuff. And God, that's not what God's about. We are to walk in power and boldness and quit taking everything the world's trying to throw at us. We can't be silent anymore. We have the answer to what the world needs. It's time to start being who we're called to be. It's time to let his Holy Spirit breathe life back into you. It's time to let the Holy Spirit breathe life into whatever situation you're struggling with. Whatever you're dealing with. We stand and we fight against sin. We engage in spiritual warfare through prayer. You guys, I hope you understand there's things that's going on up inside, you know, up here where we can't see things that are going around where the enemy's trying to take you out. We have to pray. We have to engage in that each day because every single day people are dying, going to hell. People in our families, our friends. We're an army, Orchardville Church, we are an army. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. We can't let that happen. Everything's in place at Orchardville Church. We said we don't have a pastor. Well, besides that, everything's in place for us to do what God's called us to do. Everything's here. We've been blessed. Now we need that spiritual life breathed back into us. No matter how dried up and worthless you may feel on this Sunday morning, God's breath, His Holy Spirit breathing into you can change your situation. Don't stay where you're at. Go towards God because He's coming after you. He's going to restore us through His Word and through His Spirit. Nothing's too hard for God. Do we understand that? Nothing is too hard for Him. He made man from dirt. He made a woman from a rib. He parted the Red Sea. He walked on water. Nothing's too hard for him. Those aren't just fairy tales. They happened. Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Zechariah 4, 6. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
Nothing's too hard for me. We need God to breathe life back into us through his Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about the church. If you're dealing with something this morning, I'm only gonna pray one word over you if you come to this altar. I want you to come down here, throw your hands up, and I'm just gonna pray live. Live. It doesn't matter what situation. It doesn't matter if it's a marriage. It doesn't matter if it's a hurt relationship. It doesn't matter if it's financial, physical. Live. Live. And the Holy Spirit can change things for you. So as you come up this morning, whatever you're dealing with, maybe you don't know the Lord this morning. You say, I'm one of those broken people and I need Jesus. Live. And I'll help you through the sinner's prayer and accept Christ into your heart. Live. 